0: Dream, believe, achieve, when you are ready to level up 1720, the podcast for
1: next level Christians. Welcome to another episode of the 1720 podcast. If you find yourself dreading your commute or putting off a tough conversation, or maybe you worry a lot about the outcome of some future event, this podcast is for you. We'll spend 20 minutes discussing the law of non-resistance and what the Bible means when it says you should turn the other cheek, and how these concepts can radically impact your happiness. My apologies for the sound quality. We're breaking in a new studio. But without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, It's the Matthew uh, 5, 38 through 40, right? You have heard it said that it is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. If you really dig down and what you'll find under this verse is the concept of the law of non-resistance, which is basically to say that there are no actual problems in life. Sometimes what is good for one person is bad for another person. So from what point of view is it good or bad, right? How, how is a thing or an action innately on its own good or bad? Right. It's not, right? It has a lot to do with the way that you interpret the... Um, the action or, 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 the thing that's going on. So you might say, well, oh, oh God, I gotta go have this, I gotta go have this conversation with my boss tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to just, I can't, oh, I, it's going to be bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. A couple of things are going on there. First of all, you're forecasting that it's going to be bad as if you can somehow tell the future. Right. But the other more important thing is, is you've decided that it's a problem and it only is a problem because you decided it is one. And the example I use is if you take a man who uh, whose favorite thing is to run a triathlon, like he's an Ironman, this is his favorite thing to do in the world. And for him to run 30 miles. Right. right At the end of. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, no, he he's excited. Like, not only that, he's looking forward to it. He spent lots of money, flew there <laughs> and spent many, many months of his life training for this event. Uh, so, so for him, it's, it's an opportunity. It's excitement. Another man, uh, a jog around the block, is torture, mm-hmm. literally torture. In both scenarios, men are running. So why is one inherently bad where another is inherently good? Mm-hmm. It is only because the person has decided to assign it some value mm-hmm. of positive or negative. And this is true probably with the exception of extreme suffering. And I actually heard um, there was a woman who um, she she converted to uh, Islam uh, she lived in Sweden, which has one of the highest living standards of anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? She moves, uh, decides to move to Iran, uh, which arguably has one of the poorer living standards of of the world, especially for women. Yep. And she takes her son, mm. but she's a devout follower of Islam, and uh, and really believes. I mean, she is a believer. Well. Uh, a year or so into her time in Iran, her young son is killed by a bomb. Now, anyone would say this is tragedy. This is tragedy. But she celebrated. She celebrated because she knew her son was with Allah. She was honestly, deeply excited about her son's departure from the earth. Mm -hmm. And now he's with Allah. And in some ways, you know, even mourning the death of a child is selfish because what you're really mourning, if you truly believe in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is, is the fact that they're not going to be with you anymore, Mm -hmm. that you're not going to see them grow up. You're not going to see the grandchildren that you'd hope to have. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is, this is truly tragic. I mean, I'm not saying that this is not Mm -hmm. tragic, but it's interesting to see a different point of view. On something we would all classify as the number one most tragic thing that could happen. Yep. And I only use that as an illustration not to belittle anyone's tragedy. I use it as an illustration to say even the most extreme events can be very deeply colored by how you decide to perceive them. If you decide to perceive them as a tragedy, they are absolutely a tragedy. Mm-hmm if you decide to perceive perceive them as not a problem then it's not a problem and if someone slaps you in the face and you're the kind of person who seeks out these opportunities to demonstrate your commitment to Christ mm-hmm. you might look at that and say well here's my other cheek mm-hmm. and in some ways i think that's what the bible's trying to teach us
0: here yep so you take this whole chapter 5 starts mm-hmm. with the beatitudes yep so it frames you on how even in the mourning process you lose your child. Mm-hmm. The mourning is is a personal loss that you had, the loss of all the future things that you hoped for. Right. And we're informed that we can we can mourn, we can be comforted, but it was for us, it wasn't the lack of the future events that we've then imposed a certain value to. But in the moment we have a loss, we can mourn for that. But the, the entire book ends are be the salt and the light and then all of the laws, this negatives and these positives, they all show up here. Adultery, divorce, eye for an eye. And then it all lands on love your enemies. Yeah. So if you're gonna be salt of the and the light of the earth, here's a cheek, here's the other cheek, you demand I go for a mile, well fine, I'll actually go two with you. I'll go above and beyond because he Jesus takes the plane of what we would have called negative and positive, and then to posit this higher plane. So if we was always in negative, we would be no way you could ever love an enemy. Oh, no way. It would be impossible. The resistance for you would be too great. That's right. So then flipping it to the law of non-resistance.
1: Yeah, and I really like this because we've talked a lot about uh running into your resistance as because on the other side of resistance is victory. And when you run into resistance, then it's sort of not a problem anymore. It's an opportunity you to grow. You're not going to experience change without challenge. And this was actually the topic of our last men's men's meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I looked across the table at you guys and said, okay, when was the last time you truly challenged yourself? Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to grow unless you're going to challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, had a couple things that they had going on in their lives that they, that they perceived as challenging, Mm -hmm. but that's not the same thing as challenging yourself. Right uh specifically for the purpose of growing, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh so a challenge would be to seek out some resistance in your life, something you know for a fact, um, on the other side of that is something better for you. And choosing to run hard at it. So that might be, I know for one of the men in our group, it was uh three months or three uh, to 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 attend a gym mm-hmm. three three times a week. Right. Right. For me, it was to commit to 30 days of meditation uh, without uh, and not miss a day. Right. Um, and just throwing those kind of challenges out there. Right. That concept uh, of law of non-resistance, recognizing that in resistance is the actual answer. Uh, sometimes it's to not have resistance in the first place. Sometimes it's to punch through resistance mm-hmm. so that you can become the man or woman God has designed you to be mm-hmm. uh, resistance can exist for a lot of reasons. It can exist because you've had some past trauma. Uh, you've had some, uh, you know, you, you touched the hot stove, so to speak of right. life right. and it burnt you and mm-hmm. you now pulled your fingers back. And uh, as a result, you've created a model in your mind around experiences like that. Maybe you went on a stage as a child and it didn't go well. And so now you have, ch- you have stage fright. Um, but all of these things, will prevent you from being able to be the man God wants you to be. And when God calls you or gives you opportunity, as he did with Moses, mm-hmm. right? What you're going to do is you're going to tell God about all these limitations because you have yet to break through this resistance. And and, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I also think a little bit about Navy SEALs in particular, right? Navy SEALs, that whole thing, that whole hell week, all of it is to... Help you understand that you can push past a level of resistance right. that you didn't think was possible, mm-hmm. and then once you're acclimated to the fact that your body is lying to you, mm-hmm. your your memories are lying to you, that fear that you have is a lie. Once you sort of get that, and these men get that, um, that's when they become sort of superheroes, right? Right, and and and, and they they become. Um, even in uh, Greek mythology right the, the it was the it was the push through mm-hmm. the challenge that's how these guys become legendary
0: right that's how you can live a legendary life which is interesting interesting because then you become that light on the top of the hill where everybody else can see that
1: because
0: mm. that that attribute that you bring when you when you face it and then went through it that puts you in this this new plane where everybody around you that even partially knew of you at some point knows that there's something different there. Yeah, and I think people are attracted to that lie because they secretly don't like living in fear.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they don't necessarily recognize it as that, that is exactly what you're doing. When you have created boundaries around what your life can be Mm -hmm. because of all the hot stoves you touched as a child, Mm -hmm. uh, then you have limited yourself, and you cannot be the person God called you to be Unless you're willing to run into this resistance, right? And 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 again, and and someone said, yeah, sometimes you. I actually, I was thinking, I was telling my wife this, and she said something like, uh, yeah, "You got to make the best of a bad situation." I said, "No, no, that's like saying there's a wall there, and I'm going to climb the wall, okay? As opposed to
0: there's no wall, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is no wall, there is no bad situation here." And I think there's an interesting tie-in with that statement about the self-imposed uh, limits out there, mm-hmm. uh, the hot stove analogies from the mm-hmm. the kid here. But I, I hear a lot of similarity between if you've built up the past that you're trying to run away from or get away from, you've also put these barriers in front of you that are your, your past lies that are there that you're trying to navigate around. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, where are you going? That's right. But if you were to then flip that energy, as we've described here, what's the future? What is it that you're really going for? And how big and exciting is that? Because I think in that moment when you can say, I know what it is out there, I know the challenges that I'm going to face, then those barriers from the past, they don't have to be there anymore because they're so small compared to what you need to do in front of you. Now you can go to the big challenge in front and push through as opposed to trying to fight around all these barriers of your past.
1: No, I'm with you. I mean, there's certainly, there there is a, in, you know, in order to muster the energy to overcome this stuff, right? There's certainly a need for a future vision that pulls you forward. No doubt about it. But th- this topic for me is this fundamental concept of there is no wall. Not, I need a vision so bright in the future that I can punch through a wall. That certainly is a strategy. Yeah, and for the it, front. And it does work. But what if you could get a hold of your mind in such a way where you just didn't see the wall?
0: It wasn't even a thing because it was just a self-constructed thing anyway. It was, it, it is a self-constructed mm-hmm. thing.
1: That's, that's where you have, can find crazy amounts of freedom. When you realize that that commute to work that you dread, that's so miserable mm-hmm. is only miserable because you make it miserable. Mm-hmm. It in and of itself has no negative or positive energy. It only gets that energy because you assign it to mm-hmm. it. And I tell people all the time: I say, "Look, get audiobooks, dude. Right, man. You could that commute hour. I used to commute, and I uh, had audiobooks. It was awesome. <laughs> that was a time for me, all by myself. No, no kids, no wife, no need to do this or mow that or whatever." It was a time for me to essentially zone out because mm-hmm. what you stop and go traffic is not does not take a lot of mental energy, <laughs> right? Right, and listen to an audio book and to immerse myself either in knowledge or characters. Mm-hmm. And so I, I when I stopped my commute, I actually sort of was bummed out because I didn't know where I would find that time again. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's very difficult just to sit in your office and like not do anything for an hour, right? when there are things to do, but when you're commuting, there's nothing you can do. So my point is, is that that thing that everyone dreads, everybody, oh my God, it's such a horrible commute.
0: It is only horrible because you assign it that. And then, then you make that a little bit worse. When you go on that cascade event, the long commute is bad. You said it was bad because you had a reason to call it bad. And most likely you trace that back to You value time with your family. You have other value that you perceive this thing taking away from. And then the kicker is you feel bad about this. So then when you come home, you're already riled up. Yeah.
1: Which, by the way, unfortunately, just destroys the time you'll end up having with your family. Right. You've allowed that neutral thing to create a negative outcome, negative energy while you're in it, Mm -hmm. negative energy that you then carry back into your Mm -hmm. home. And and again I, I'm not harping on uh on traffic jams right and bad commutes but it's a really good it's a really it's a really obvious one we've all tasted that one yeah we've all been there right and or you know oh my god I've got a I've got a long uh car ride to get to X location with the family that could be either an amazing opportunity or a horrible one but that's really your call mm-hmm. And I think when when you can sort of get to a place where you say, there is no wall, right? Not I'm going to make the best of climbing this wall. I'm going to put on a smiley face while I endure. Mm -hmm. But to actually come to a place where there is no wall, I think that's what God's saying here. Because I think you can only get smacked in the face or go an extra two miles Mm -hmm. so much when you're pretending that it doesn't bother you. Yeah. That's
0: right. Your, your your tolerance for that. It's a very small window. It's a very small
1: window. And because of that, I don't think that's what God's really talking about here. I think God is pointing to the idea that there is no wall. If you were to treat your brother like yourself, and then God, someone says, well, God, Jesus, who's my brother? And he goes into the story about the Good Samaritan, which is about the untouchables of mm-hmm. their society.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone is your brother. So then who is your enemy that that is supposedly attacking you in this scenario? Mm -hmm. Who is the person suing you? They're all your brother. Yep. Resistance creates a unique opportunity for us to explore this concept. Mm -hmm. I encourage everyone who's listening today to take the next time that they are uh, in a place uh, where they're feeling resistance and just try to figure out how you can change the narrative in your mind so that there is no actual resistance. I heard someone say today, I really liked, I wish I caught the guy's name. He said, um, he said, your goal is to have a clear mind. That's your goal. And he goes, happy thoughts come and go from your mind quickly. Mm -hmm. Negative thoughts linger. Mm -hmm. So if you can figure out how to take any situation that normally was a a resistance, a a real pain for you, and turn that into a happy thought, like your example of the commute, right? Mm-hmm. If you turn that into a happy thought, we're, you're not going to, that's going to be gone the moment you walk in the door, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be an opportunity for you to have a whole new experience with your family. Um, I, I think that's the challenge, right, for today is just identify yep. common areas of resistance in your life and ask yourself how you can reframe those. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean put on a happy face. Right. But I mean, actually make the wall go away. Actually find the positive in the situation.
0: One thing I want to add to this um, reframing, just recognizing. So we're talking about your awareness in the moment of what you find to be either a negative or a positive. But because we're laying it out as these two things that we're choosing to assign Mm -hmm. to an event, uh, we're just talking about awareness and then just acknowledgement. Yeah. In this moment, I'm choosing to call this fill in the blank it was a negative or it was a positive but you assigned that yeah so awareness that i am choosing one of these attributes acknowledging that because once you've done that now you've just taken the 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 energy or the influence that those things have on you and you've taken that back and now you can decide you can move out from you to these environments that you interface with but the locus of control is what sits right underneath that
1: Yeah. And I like what you said there. And I'm going to close with that is just that idea, that idea of energy and what you're spending it on. You know, you only have so much. It is not an unlimited resource, right? It is a limited resource in your life. And time is the same thing. Is it really worth it? Is it worth it to climb walls or is it worth it to make no wall? Right and i would argue it's much more worth it just to make no wall. um but i hope this has been useful useful to people. it's really made me think a lot about um what's going on in my life, what i see as a problem uh and really lean into that and start to try to reframe it. and it's i got to tell you man, it's a it's a liberating it's a liberating mindset. Thanks for spending this time with us. If you have not already subscribe to our podcast and remember to leave us a review on iTunes or Google play. Each positive review raises our rank and exposes this content to people who would probably not normally hear it. You can find links to all of our social media pages, YouTube channel and iTunes and Google play at 1720.org forward slash podcast. This is also a great way to share our content with anyone who you think would benefit from it. Finally, be sure to follow our page on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 7020.org and subscribe to our newsletter at 7020.org. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week.